Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I am your host Matthew Roberts and this is series 2 episode 193 of this study session podcast. Thank you for joining us as we continue with the Come Follow Me materials. Uh, we are continuing with July the 6th to July the 12th covering Alma 30 to 31 um, the virtue of the word of God. And we are now a bit stuck into uh, Alma 31 today covering God's word has the power to lead people to righteousness. Now, over the last, over the next couple of days, to conclude this week, I want to focus on today um, the state of the Zoramites that Alma and his team find them in, uh, and also I want to have a look at the prayer that they offer, uh, and then tomorrow we'll have a look at Alma's prayer that he offers on behalf of the people that has come with him or that have come with him to teach the word. Let's dive straight in at verse six, and we'll have a look at the type of people that Alma wrote for this really important mission. Of course, this is a mission that um, he. We know that he brings a number of people along to. But when you look at the list of people that he takes and really consider where they've come from and their background, you start to understand just why they're so powerful. In verse six, we read, therefore, he took Ammon and Aaron and Omna and Himni he did leave uh, in the church in Zarahemla. But the former three he took with him and also Amulek and Zizrim, who were at Melech, and he also took two of his sons. Now, um, this is fascinating because we know um, that Alma himself came from a very um, shaky background, some might call it, if they were looking at um, Alma in the in a lens of today's world uh, and the church today. Um, we also know that Ammon and Aaron and Omna were of the same background and same sort of uh, shaky foundation at the beginning of their lives um, where they had to be converted and change their ways. We also know that Amulek, whilst... We don't know if he was going about destroying the church like Ammon, Aaron, Omna, Himni and Alma were. Uh, we know that he certainly wasn't the most faithful. Faithful, He says that himself uh, when he teaches in Ammonihah. And so uh, we can presume that he was not faithful to the to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then Zizram, we know, was going about trying to cause problems uh, in the city of Ammonihah to try and um, get gain for himself. Uh, so, you know, very interesting people to take with him on this journey. You know, by today's standard, standards in the church, you may think, oh, well, we need, we need we need people who have, you know, been raised in the church that have gained more knowledge in that way and that perhaps haven't made any mistakes in their lives that are, are of note and, you know, make sure that they are strong people. But actually, you know, these, these were the strongest people that Alma had and they were all people that had been converted to the gospel. Uh, and had been through experiences where they were either in great opposition against the church, or at least had completely disassociated themselves from the church, in Amulet's case. And then we see he takes two of his sons. Interestingly, the one he doesn't take is Helaman. Now, we don't know much about the sons at this stage in the chronology of the Book of Mormon, but we do find out later that Helaman perhaps is the most uh, committed, perhaps, or the most faithful. He's the eldest, uh, and he becomes the prophet after Alma. So, you know, you'd think, oh, well, surely you take Helaman with him. But no, he leaves Helaman behind and he takes Shiblon and Corianton. Now, we know that Shiblon uh, does do well and is faithful in his missionary service. But Corianton is another story. Uh, and it's interesting that he's one of the ones that uh, goes along with them. Anyway, we'll find out more about those sons as we go on. But this A-team, these are, I've heard them referred to as the Avengers of the uh, the Book of Mormon. You know, this team that go forth and to teach the word uh, go together. But the the... The background of all of them is interesting, and it does give us some hope that 
Any of us could be called to great service, no matter what our background. The important thing is where we are now and uh, how we are coming closer to our Saviour Jesus Christ today. So they go forth uh, and they find that they have got that there are dissenters from the Nephites in the Zaramite city. Uh, and it's interesting because at this stage, we start to see uh, some interesting similarities between what the Zaramites do and say and perhaps people in the, and members of the church do and say. This is not to say that members of the church uh, that I'm referring to are as apostate and as dissented as the Zaramites are from the from the gospel of Christ. But there are some things which show how Satan works. He, he looks for ways that he can use similarities, use half-truths, but then completely pervert and twist things the other way so that they are not focusing on Christ. Um, in verse 12, it reads, Now, when they had come into the land, behold, to their astonishment, they found that the Zoramites had built synagogues and that they did gather themselves together on one day of the week, which day they did call the day of the Lord, and they did worship after a manner which Alma and his brethren had never beheld. So straight away, we see a couple of similarities. First of all, that these people had built places to worship. They gathered together on the one day of the week, uh, which day they did call the day of the Lord, and they did worship. Now, you know, this is something that members of the church do. We we have a Sabbath day, which we go to a place of worship and we call that day the day of the Lord. So far, so good. But it's when, uh, so it's interesting on the face of things, things look great. Oh, look, they're going to, to worship. You know, that's great. They're going once a week. So that's pretty regular for people to be going to a, to a place of worship uh, to show their dedication to the God, to their God. So, um, you know, that's wonderful. But then you go inside. Uh, and you look inside, you know, the, and it's interesting, there could be some parallels there, some real deep parallels between ourselves um, and, you know, the, the places of Zoramite's worship. On the face of things, we may be looking like we're making the right choices, but deep inside, below the surface, are we having the clean thoughts? Are we having uh, virtuous intents in our hearts and minds? I think that is a real lesson we can take away from this, that the Zoramites, are we acting like them in body? Um you know, are we at, are we out outwardly performing well, but in, inwardly need to have need to be cleansed? Um, verse um, that was a really uh, deep, deep tangent, which I didn't mean to go on, uh, but now we've got not a lot a lot of time left. So let's go into their prayer. So that they go, they have this ramiumptum. We know it's called. Interestingly, the the, the word ramiumptum, you know, Rama means being raised up, I believe. Uh, so it's clear, a clear indication of how high this platform was. Um, but also, it also is very parallel with a, a pride uh, cycle here, being raised up in pride. Um, and they go forth one by one, <laughs> and they go forth, and they stand on this pulpit, and they and they speak. Uh, now, when I first read this, um, again, this time around, I thought of testimony meeting. You know, we all, we all go up one by one, um, and, and we share our thoughts. Now, the reason I like it to a testimony meeting is not to, uh, you know, hate on testimony meetings at all. In fact, I find fast and testimony meetings to sometimes be the most spiritual sacred meetings that I have been in that I can think of. And so I love them really uh, a lot. Um, but of course, you know, um, these people that go up to the Ramayumpton, they say the same thing each time. Are we in a in a situation where when we bear our testimony, we're just saying things just for the sake of saying it? Are we, are we repeating vain phrases that we don't really feel, really feel at that time? I'm sure that's not the case for many of us, but uh, it's something to think about when we do bear our testimony. What is really in our heart at that moment and what do we feel called, inspired upon to say? Now, I'm not going to go fully into what these uh, these people say in the prayer, 
Uh, I'll let you read that. But it is at verses 15 to 18 of Alma chapter 31, if you're interested in finding out. But again, there are some phrases in there which would not be found out of place in a Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints testimony. Um, we believe thou art God. We believe thou art holy. Um, it is interesting that they say that thou wast a spirit and thou art a spirit and thou wilt be a spirit forevermore. I mean, we don't get up and say, you know, that thou has had a body, thou has a body now and you will always have a body. It's a bit of an interesting phrase to call upon. Um, but uh, they say we believe thou has separated us from our brethren. Uh, we do not believe the tradition of our brethren, which has been handed down to them. We believe thou has elected us to be thy holy children. I mean, we use the phrases um, being elect, being a peculiar and chosen people. Uh, and so, you know, it's certainly not something which is un unheard of. But you can see where the, there is that element of pride in this. That, And then, of course, that the big no-no comes very soon after all these things which could be found in a testimony uh, or, or in a talk. Uh, comes it says and also thou hast made it known unto us there shall be no christ and it's that moment you know right well there's there's something not quite right here thou art the same yesterday today and forever thou hast elected us that we shall be saved whilst all around are elected to be cast down by thy wrath and in this this wonderful joyous proclamation suddenly turns into this really you know dangerous and um a very elitist view of you know yes we are chosen but no one else is in fact they have been chosen to be cast down to hell I mean, that is, you know, a very tricky language for people to have to li listen to and, and live with. Um, basically, this all causes great disturbance for Alma and, and his brethren and his sons. They were astonished beyond all measure, which kind of gives you an indication of how astonished they were. This isn't just a, oh, I'm a bit upset by this. They are really um, shocked by this. And in verse 22, it says, Now this same, from this stand, they did offer up every man the selfsame prayer unto God, thanking their God that they were chosen of him and that he did not lead them away after the tradition of their brethren, and that their hearts were not stolen away to believe in things to come, which they knew nothing about. This pride is something which has had a great impact on these people, a great negative impact. Um, President, uh, Elder Dieter F. Uchtdorf said this, quote, Pride is the great sin of self-elevation. It is for so many a personal Ramayumpton, a holy stand that justifies envy, greed, and, and vanity. In a sense, pride is the original sin, for before, before the foundations of this earth, pride felled Lucifer, a son of the morning, who was in authority in the presence of God. If pride can corrupt one as capable and promising as this, should we not examine our own souls as well? Close quote. And that is a really insightful comment from President Uchtdorf, or Elder Uchtdorf as he is now, that you know, pride felled Lucifer. And we often paint Lucifer or Satan with this very uh, wicked brush, you know, and he is indeed at this stage of his life, his eternal existence, a very wicked influence. But he was at one time a son of the morning. He had great promise. He was one who was, you know, at the level of the saviour in his voice in the um, council in heaven. What was different between the two, though, by that stage was that pride had clearly gotten a hold of him. Uh, and he desired to have the glory for himself. Um, and so, yeah, if it, if pride can have an impact on one such as, as Lucifer in the pre-mortal existence, then we must be careful ourselves. Thank you for listening today. I didn't think I had much content to share with you today, but we've, we've run over again as always. So please do share your thoughts in the comments. Uh, I'd love to hear from you uh, in the Facebook group, Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me. And you can email ldsstudysession at gmail.com if you are interested in joining in a future podcast episode and sharing some feedback. Thanks again and until we meet again.